Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. Hunger deprives our kids of more than just food. It's a simple fact. A child's chance for a bright tomorrow starts with getting enough food to eat today. But in America, one in six children may not know where they will get their next meal. For the more than 12 million kids in the United States facing hunger, getting the energy they need to learn and grow can be a daily challenge. We have a responsibility through the next generation to give them every opportunity to succeed, to set them up for a lifetime of success, which in turn will strengthen our communities and our country. That's why feeding children facing hunger is a main priority for the Food Bank Council of Michigan and our seven Feeding America food banks. But we can't do it without your help. One conversation we have in Michigan often is about workforce development. Workforce development for Michigan starts now with the coming generation of children. And one of the biggest hindrances to helping children become food secure is an unwillingness to understand and adapt to the premise that you must help people where they are at, not just where you wish they were. This stubbornness, combined with a false application of political ideology, along with a personal bias of blame against those who struggle, hinders our efforts to create a food-secure environment for the next generation of workers in our state. Prime indicators such as attendance of pre-kindergarten, which impacts third-grade reading level by third grade, which in turn tells us the rate of graduation versus dropouts for high school. All of these indicators are fueled by the child's access to healthy, nutritious food. It really is that straightforward and simple. Food security will enhance their chances to become the best version of themselves that they could. Food security in a child's life will impact their educational outcomes, including attendance and behavior, as well as their long-term health. By creating a food-first culture across our state, we will ensure our communities are set up for success as well as our country. Our guest today understands that investing in children is not just the right thing to do, it's the smart thing to do, because he is investing in them every day. Mr. Lawrence Burns, the esteemed leader of the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation, is our guest today on this edition of Food for Thought. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. As promised, Lawrence Burns is in our studio. Larry, welcome to Food for Thought. It's our first time to have you here. So Jerry and I want to welcome you. Well, Phil, thank you very much. Jerry, good to see you. Great to see you. It feels funny to welcome you to your own building, though. Well, we're in this building. We have a great partnership, not only with Gleaners, but with WJR. And so I feel right at home with you folks, as well as in this studio. Well, I have to say welcome back to Detroit, because you you came home and uh, came home to give leadership to the uh, foundation. And so the first thing I have to do, even with a Southern voice, I have to say welcome home. Well, thank you very much. And I, and I love your Southern voice. 
I was gone for 27 years. I was in Ohio in higher education, uh, mostly in Toledo, but a short stint in Akron as well. And when I was uh, contacted about the Children's Hospital Michigan Foundation position, uh, I was intrigued. It was a, uh, I had spent three years at Children's Hospital from 1987 to 1990, uh, and then went to Ohio and did a a number of things. And I was intrigued by the fact that this foundation was uh, in a particular position because of the uh, for-profit status of Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. They were looking for a new path, a new sort of journey to to guarantee their success in years to come. I was intrigued to uh, come home after being gone so long. Detroit certainly is on the upswing. My mom, uh, uh, God bless her, had just gone into assisted living, so it was a way for me to help my mom and my sisters. My wife's from here. So you add all that up, and uh, it was uh, hopefully an opportunity uh, of a career. Well, it sure looks from all the social media that the the foundation is, as you say, it's a foundation on the move. You've really uh, uh, have helped ide- bring an identity and and lots of great partnerships. And uh, you and I were just in uh, New Orleans attending a conference mm-hmm. together for the Root Cause Coalition, and uh, we've had all those folks on the show to talk about, of course, childhood food insecurity and uh, and health care, but. I, it just seems like there's a lot of great things happening. Well, thank you. We we believe there are a lot of great things happening. We're now basically, uh, quickly, a community foundation for children. Uh, we're independent. Uh, we have a great board of trustees. Uh, we're able to support the things that the board approves. Uh, and so this year, we've given out, to date, about $6.2 million in grants, uh, we have a nice grant uh, to uh, Gleaners that provides milk for uh, for families, and uh, Jerry can talk a little bit about that because uh, it was his and his team's idea to uh, to do that. About twenty two percent of our twenty eighteen grants are to community based organizations like Gleaners, and so there's others like the Boys and Girls Club of Macomb and Oakland counties. Uh, there is Loyola High School. Uh, and you mentioned root cause, so we're a member of root cause. That is social determinants, sort of impacting healthcare, and that's really what our foundation now is mostly about. And so, helping children and their families have a pathway to not only good healthcare but to healthy lives uh, through nutrition, through wellness, uh, and so uh, it fits perfectly. My friends in Toledo, ProMedica started Root Cause with AARP. Uh, Randy Oster, their CEO, is a friend of mine. Uh, Barpedi, who is the executive director of Root Cause, is a friend of mine. So we're going to do more with them in the future. And so uh, going to New Orleans for their conference was uh, a real start to that relationship. Great, great. There's so many great things to say about that direction. And, you know, one of the things that we're convinced about is food first, right? We talk about it a lot on the show, but but there's a there's a reason behind that, and that reason is very much research-based. And I know that the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation is also, in addition to providing direct service, and we'll talk about milk specifically right, in a minute, right, right. but also supporting a lot of really important research around children's health and the organizations in town that, that do that research and do that good work, particularly our own children's hospital. I mean, I know it's you're independent, so I don't want to make that connection mm-hmm. too deeply, but... Uh, uh, but, you know, we, we have to give a little shout-out to Luann and her team oh, over yeah. there who More are doing phenomenal work. Uh, 
Um, <clears throat> Luann Ewald, the CEO of Children's Hospital, is a terrific partner, and, and you're right that uh, roughly half of the money that we grant out is for pediatric research. Uh, and so currently it is with uh, Children's Hospital Michigan, it is with Wayne State University, it is with Michigan State University, uh, and the University of Michigan. Hmm. Uh, we're talking to other medical schools, and I hope within the next year or so we have partnerships with the Stryker Medical School in Kalamazoo with Western Michigan University, my alma mater, uh, Jerry's son, uh, soon-to-be alma mater, Central Michigan University. We've talked to their... Fire med- up chips. Fire up <laughs> chips. Uh, absolutely. And, and we've talked to their... Um, their dean several times, and I, I'm hoping in the next year or so we have a partnership with them uh, in programs as well as in research. But uh, the one I'm most excited about this year uh, is a collaboration with Children's Hospital of Michigan mm-hmm. and with the University of Michigan, Wayne State University, Mott Children's Hospital. It's for it's a three-year commitment uh, in brain cancer research. Uh, and so that the reason I'm so excited about that is it is a collaboration of great organizations, including um, our founding organization, Children's Hospital, Wayne State, U of M. And so uh, that's what we're trying to do. So one plus one equals three in this case. No, not long ago, we just uh, had a guest and we were talking about um, thinking about brain cancer research and um, the treatment that is involved with that and the role that food security plays in that child's life, giving their body and their mind the opportunity to respond to the treatment in a more positive way and the role that, you know, you wouldn't really think to- so much about it, but to connect the dots between, you know, our mission and this mission, mm-hmm. the role that food security plays in the life of that young patient and how it, if they have access to healthy, nutritious food, it gives the treatment such a greater opportunity to work on their behalf. Absolutely, and that that is not only um, so very true with children and adults that are going through uh, chemotherapy or, or radiation, but it certainly is true in their recovery after those uh, treatments to get them back uh, on a healthy course because uh, you, you usually lose weight during that process. And right. So to, to get them back um, full weight and to get them going uh, is really, really important. We're going to take a quick break, but we're going to come back with uh, Larry Burns, who is the esteemed leader for the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation. He's our guest in studio. Jerry and I will be right back in just a moment. You come back and be with us. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. We're back. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Dr. Phil Knight here with Jerry Brisson, the CEO and president for the Gleaners Community Food Bank and also the president for the board of directors for the Food Bank Council of Michigan, which, of course, I say at least once a month makes him my boss. Yeah, he says it, but I'm less and less sure of it as, as time goes on and I realize how much goes on over there. It's a lot to keep track of, let's just yes, say. Yes, yes. Well, I, I know the feeling because I have around 33 bosses. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> our board of trustees. Wow. So. Wow. And that's yeah. Larry Burns, who is uh, the leader for the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation. He's our in-studio guest today. And uh, I want you guys to talk a little bit about this partnership that y'all have established, and I think it illustrates the work of the foundation as well as the need within the, the network, Jerry. Well, if I can get started, because um, we sought Jerry out. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, our foundation is on this new path as a community foundation for, for children. We're more about wellness 
and pathways to healthy lives. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that we talked about is what organizations do we really need to reach out to in the community that are leaders in their field and gleaners and Jerry was at the top of our list. So uh, my colleague, Jody Wong, your friend. Very good friend, yep. Um, and Dave Coulter. Uh, actually, Dave and I went over to meet Jerry on one of the snowiest days of last uh, winter. And Dave's my mayor. <laughs> yeah. So uh, mayor I got yeah. my friend and yeah. my mayor coming to a meeting. <laughs> so we had a great meeting, and the outcome of that meeting was, Jerry, please, now that you know our story, please determine what you think uh, is a need that you have. Uh, that fits into what we're trying to do, and so I'll let them take it from here. Yeah, and before we get into the numbers, I, I got a story before the story. Hmm. So 12 years ago, maybe, um, the nurses from Children's Hospital uh, came to Gleaners, similarly to what you just described, and said, you know, we are really seeing so many of the kids coming into the hospital whose families are struggling, and we know they don't have the food they need, and it just breaks our heart. We, we want to do something about it. And so they said, what we want to do is we want to do a cereal drive. And, and not only do we want to do a cereal drive um, here locally, but we want to extend that to any children's hospital in the country that would be willing to participate. And, and cereal... Uh, especially, you know, healthy cereal, right. which is where we focus a lot of our attention. It's convenient. It's quick. And a lot of times when you're going through uh, an illness in your family, whether it's you or your family member, convenience is a significant factor about how much you can eat. So so cereal's a very convenient food. Um, it's also first thing in the morning, which is another thing that gets your body energy up. And right. so if you've got things going on, it was just uh, uh, and easy to understand, too. So last year they did you know three million servings of cereal i mean it's amazing, yeah, amazing how much they did so so there's this backdrop mm -hmm. because when larry came to talk to us he's like well what could we do and we're like well how about milk <laughs> <laughs> and and you know cereal and milk go together in an obvious way uh but it's not really just about that it's also because it's it is the single most requested item that we get from our pantry partners and from consumers of the supplemental and emergency food that we distribute is milk. Milk is um, a thing that, that low-income families spend more on than average because they can't buy gallons at a time. Often they can only get a half a gallon or even a quarter milk mm. at a time. And, of course, that drives up the cost because the more you can get at once, the less cost it is. So not only is it most requested, it's also very expensive for a lot of low-income families to get. So we started a partnership with the United Dairy Industry of Michigan um, and several others, Phil, and I know you. We'll, we'll give you something to say here. Well, the Michigan Milk Producers Association and, um, you know, UDIM have been great partners. I think that Michigan Milk Producers are up to donating 150 gallons of milk to our network every day. Every day. Every oh, that's day. spectacular. So what they have been doing for us is matching every gallon of milk we can buy at wholesale. So we're already getting milk well below retail, and then they're matching every gallon we can buy. So when we talked to Larry, we said, look, what we need to do is leverage that partnership to the best we can, get mm -hmm. this milk available and in the community in quantity. So at the time we had the conversation, we were maybe doing one truckload of milk a month. We're up to four. 
Yeah, and true. and we could really do eight or twelve, and 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 it would be, um, you know, getting to the kinds of quantities that we really need to meet this need. So we're working hard at that. Uh, working with the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation to help us drive that and drive attention to it. We were at your press conference. We were honored yeah. to be there yeah. when you announced those kinds of partnerships. It singles signals something to the world that this is a good thing. And obviously, with your reputation, it lets the world know that we're doing something that you believe is, you know, based on good, solid evidence that this will impact positively the health of children. And with that, I'll throw it your way. Yeah, well, that you said it so very well, and we were so delighted that you were at our press conference and you actually spoke and uh, in, in our video uh, about that. And so we're all about these kind of partnerships mm-hmm. since the foundation doesn't provide any direct services ourselves. We're only as good as who we partner with and partnering with uh, Jerry and Gleaners and this, this milk grant uh, is just the beginning of our relationship. We don't really like to do one-time grants as much as to create programs that uh, can grow and we can report back to our uh, trustees and our donors that their investment is helping children and families. And and so uh, as this year and this first grant sort of continues, we'll be working with Jerry and his team on, on exactly what Jerry just explained of why this is important and most importantly why it's worked uh, and why we should continue to do it. So uh, more to come. More well, to come. Well, one of the economic impacts that you're having, and you alluded to it, Jerry, um, as you set this thing up and told the story, is so many of the families that we're serving across the network, as you said, can't buy an entire gallon of milk. So when they buy a quarter gallon or a half gallon, you and I go buy a gallon of milk, costs us about two bucks. When they buy it, it costs them about three dollars and fifty cents because mm-hmm. they have to buy it in the smaller quantities. So it, it is a nutritional impact. It's a great, you know partnership between organizations, but it also has a a true economic impact into the families that we serve. And I think that's something that you guys will probably track and and keep record of and and see how many many gallons and uh, the net effect that all of this program has. Yeah, and I think our original grant, Jerry, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like for 20,000 gallons, correct? Right, yep. 20,000 gallons. So that's that's a great start. And uh, so we're excited about it, and, we'll, and there's, as I mentioned, we're going to do more with Gleaners, and uh, Jerry's been a great partner and will continue to be so. Well, the other thing that I think this really is uh, an indication of is how one thing leads to the next thing. So we're looking at how can we now leverage our ability to... Um, manage all of the things you have to manage with a product that's going to expire, right, that needs refrigeration. So those logistics through the Food Bank Council of Michigan are shared with every food bank in Michigan to increase the capacity of the entire state to distribute more of this product. And that's not just at the food bank level, but downstream to the pantries and to the Mm. organizations that need refrigeration and that need trucks and some other things. And so, again, you know, it's, it's when we talk about changing the conversation about food security in Michigan, one of the most important things about it is you solve things one thing at a time. And this is something we've gotten a lot of traction on. People understand it. It's a product people need, and we're getting better and better. So I imagine as we get better, the cost will continue to go down, the support will continue to go up, and we'll really see this take off across the whole state. So what you had was the state of Michigan is a great example of a private-private-public partnership here between uh, you, the two entities that you guys represent mm-hmm. and the state of Michigan, which 
led by Representative Roger Victory, uh, who at the time is the chair of the Agricultural Committee uh, in the House, uh, wrote in a one-time budget item for the Food Bank Council of Michigan um, this idea of uh, IQL food, individually mm. quick frozen. But Roger being a um, logistic his, his degrees in logistics said, look, you can get this frozen food all you want, but if you don't build the downstream capability in your pantry network, so I'm going to get you this grant, but we all want you to earmark whatever you need out of that to build that capacity. And that has directly affected our ability to distribute the most requested item in our pantry network that you're partnering with us on, and that's milk. Good. Excellent. It's a great story, and it's a great partnership. This is Food for Thought. I'm Dr. Phil Knight, Jerry Brisson, and our guest, Larry Burns, the leader for the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation. We're going to be back in just a minute. We want you to come back and be with us. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight, brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. We're back. Thanks for listening, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight, Jerry Brisson here in the studio with uh, Larry Burns, our friend and partner. Um, so I just thinking about the concept of food first. We talk about it a lot on the show. And so, Larry, what food first means to the Food Bank Network is essentially this, that we're, we're basing this on a logic model, which is um, this, this idea that came out um, – called Maslow's Hierarchy of Need. Mm-hmm. And we happen to think that Abraham Maslow was pretty spot on. And the idea, as you know, is that it, it doesn't really matter what your higher needs are if you don't have your more basic needs met. Physiologically being the, the bottom level of the pyramid, which is the highest need, air, water, food. So what we're entertaining across uh, food for thought and throughout our network is that if we can take care of food first, it gives all the other programming in the state, lots of great people doing lots of great things, a better opportunity to be even more effective if this basic need of food and p- children in particular mm-hmm. become food secure, their education, their health outcomes, their yep. behavior, all of these things become greater and have a greater chance of working in their lives. Yeah, so we I talked about the press conference. I'm going to come back to that for a minute because okay. one of the things that happened at the press conference was you got to talk about all the wonderful grants that you're doing. And a lot of well, everything you're doing has something to do with children's health, mm-hmm. but it's amazing how many people are realizing that these nutrition things have to be met as well. So it was pretty exciting to be there and to listen to, and I hope you can tell us a little bit more about those programs. Well, thank you for that opportunity. And I mentioned earlier that we're on this new pathway as a community foundation for children, and we have five focus areas. Mm -hmm. And one of our key focus areas is nutrition and wellness. Uh, And so certainly our grant to uh, Jerry and and his team at Gleaners fits into that. But we have some other ones, as Jerry alludes to. So let me talk a little bit about that. One of the programs that we have funded for a number of years is known as Fit Kids 360. Uh, And that's a program through Wayne Children's Healthcare Access Program, that they um, that they have through the state, and it's all about exercise. It, it uh, it's actually takes place at a school not too far from the Fisher Building mm-hmm. that I've been to, and it's about 
um, there's a lot of kids there with their parents, and some of the children are overweight and, and obese, and they just haven't had a lot of help in um, both the family and the children of, of sort of living healthy through right. exercise and food. So that's something we're we're proud of, uh, and that's called Fit Kids 360. There's also one with the Children's Center called Healthy Living Campaign. Uh, it's about healthy lifestyles that uh, that offer free consumer engagement activities related to fitness and healthy eating. So the Children's Center is a is a great organization that most people in the community are aware of, but now they're into uh, to wellness, nutrition, and things of that nature. There's a relatively new organization known as Brilliant Detroit. And Brilliant Detroit actually goes into communities in Detroit. Uh, they're invited to uh, go into the community. <clears throat> they purchase a home. They renovate the home. And the home becomes the early childhood center, the family center for that neighborhood. Uh, and some of the things that they do have to do with nutritional eating and, and wellness as it relates to healthy diets and things of that nature. So Brilliant Detroit, although they're relatively young in their organizational life, they're really making an impact. And we just made a grant to allow them to purchase a new home in a new neighborhood. Oh. And we're also working with uh, an organization in town to get a playscape within their home so the kids not only can uh, go there in the house, but they can also exercise and do some fun things in the backyard. Wow. So so that's one to pay attention to as well. And then the last one I'll mention is Loyola High School. Loyola High School is a, is a great high school uh, in a neighborhood in Detroit, what I call the near west side. Uh, it is uh, run by the Jesuits. Uh, the majority of the students there, are, they're all young men, are African-American. And meeting with them they indicated that it's important that they provide three meals a day to each mm. one of their young men because without that, they're not sure that they would get nutritional meals. So one of the things that they were doing was bringing the food in right. <laughs> from an outside caterer, then distributed in their cafeteria. So they approached us along with other donors to, uh, to build a kitchen. And so a couple weeks ago, we were at the ribbon cutting for the kitchen, uh, we made a grant to help the kitchen, and one of the things that we we made very clear in our grant, if they accepted it, was not only does it have to help feed the young men at Loyola and to do it in a nutritional, healthy way, but they have to engage with their community. And so they uh, they said, absolutely. And so not only are they feeding three meals a day to these young men, but they're also now engaging the local community and they're um, they're having cooking courses. They're working with Schoolcraft College and their um, culinary school, which is great, by the way. Uh, and so they're reaching out to the community about nutritional uh, wellness and cooking. And so th those are some examples, Jerry, to give you our, our recent grants that I must say a year and a half ago or two years ago, None of them would have occurred to be part of our foundation's path, uh, and it's exciting to see now that uh, this path is actually uh, uh, that we're on our way, and uh, and so glad that all of these partners, including Gleaners, is uh, is part of that path. Well, those are some great, great programming ideas, and they're gonna they're they're having a a, a tremendous impact in the community. You can tell. Well, I hope so. And if there's people out there listening and they have some ideas. Uh, well, as I say, I'll talk to anyone, uh, and uh, we'll, we're happy to uh, to see where there's some connection. So, uh, you know, so don't the, hesitate. The, the one that caught my attention is the Fit Kids 360, because Jerry, you'll remember we've talked on this show before, uh, 
um, about the report that came out from uh, the Department of Defense. Now, we, neither one of us liked the name of the report, but it, it, it's a bit caustic. But anyway, the name of the report is Too Fat to Fight. And it estimated that over 70% of children between the ages of 17 and 24 would be too obese to pass the military fitness exam. So this problem of this idea, this challenge of, of, uh, of wellness and nutrition in our children is, uh, is not just a measure of the right, moral, best thing to do, but it also becomes a, a, a part of the conversation in national security. Yeah, it's uh, probably one of the most significant things about changing the conversation about food security is who wins when the problem is solved. Because when you start going down the list of who benefits when food security is solved, you get so many organizations and people, including the military, right? And who was thinking about that before? I mean, I fundamentally believe that solving food security requires an understanding of who benefits. So we know healthcare benefits. We know education benefits. We know the military benefits. We know businesses that don't pay a living wage benefit when their employees get food help. Because if you go to work hungry versus go to work happy, it's a different environment. There are so many winners. So continuing to create these partnerships and these dynamic ways to make this food secure community real i think the the it'll be obvious in a short amount of time short amount of time how it changes things for the better yeah and you mentioned going to work hungry it's, and we look at it also as going to school hungry it's mm-hmm. really hard to learn and so the liola program and some other things we're doing providing nutrition for kids in school is something we're going to continue it's really important well we're excited that you're in this space and it i tell you larry when when folks of your caliber leaders of your uh designation come and they see this need and they walk in this space with us it's inspiring for guys like jerry and i and we appreciate you well thank you and you're doing great work and i hope to uh to continue to work with you to be innovative to be creative and to uh it's the best job i've had helping kids each and every day in the community so uh, i'm grateful as well Well, thanks for being our guest here on Food for Thought, and you're no stranger to WJR. No, I'm not. You know, I knew knew I'd like Jerry immediately when I found out his son, Nate, is a great football player for the Chippewa. So (laughs) I knew right away it was going to be a good relationship. Well, I get to go this weekend to see Nate play, so I'm excited about that. And I think he'll be playing on Sundays as well. (laughs) We live in hope. We live in hope. (laughs) Well, great. Jerry and I will be right back to wrap up this edition of Food for Thought. You come back. We'll be right here. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight, presented by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks, everybody. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. And uh, Jerry, we want to recap the show that we just had with, uh, with Larry Burns, the CEO for the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation. And uh, lots of great projects that they have in our space. Yeah, Larry's trying to do a lot of great things, you know, and he's really helping to advance the idea that medical research is more than just, you know, the latest technical device or, or you know, the, the latest, you know, university study. Right. That, in fact, 
research involves very practical things like, hey, let's find out if people whose prescriptions say take with food actually have food. How does that affect things, right? <laughs> I mean, it should be obvious, but it takes, you know, geniuses every once in a while to come along. And Larry's certainly adding that conversation and saying, hey, you know, I think this would be a smart thing for us to figure out. Well, and, you know, the, the, um, the project they have uh, at the high school where the high school saw that they needed to be providing three meals a day for their student population. So I think illustrates the principle that we try to communicate on Food for Thought, and that is you have to help people where they're at, not where you wish they were. Right, that's for sure. And, you know, it would be very easy to fall into the trap and say, well, it's not our responsibility to have to be able to do all of this. And here, this foundation, the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation, comes alongside of this high school to help them build what essentially would be a commercial kitchen so that they can provide the meals to the student population that they realize they need to do. It would be very easy for a funder to go, no, that's not our job. That's we're not this is it's parents responsibility or but getting past that to the point where you can help people where they're at not where you wish they were i think that illustrates that principle beautifully well a great philosopher that i know and occasionally i'm on the radio with said sometimes it's more important to fix the problem than to fix the blame hmm. and when you look at what it takes to fix the problem and then realize that the cost of fixing the problem and the benefit of fixing the problem is so much greater than fixing the blame, right. you get to these kind of solutions. Well, and the other thing I liked, really liked about what Larry said, too, is, and, I, I, and to be candid, I haven't heard many funders say this, we don't like to just do something once. Where... The trend in a lot of giving is we only want to do something once. And so recognizing that there are generations of children coming along behind this current generation that are going to have the same, are going to face the same challenges and have some of the same needs. So some of these ongoing programming like milk is going to continue to be a need in our communities because it's a need in our children's lives. Yeah, and it's also creating a learning environment. And so it's not enough to do something. You have to understand what happened when you did it. Mm -hmm. And so working with the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation and other partners who are equally motivated and interested in this are helping us learn not just that we were able to feed somebody, but what happened. What happened to the person? What happened in the household? And as we develop that body of evidence, the, and evidence is just another name for impact, right? As we understand that impact and can speak to it more clearly, well, then you grow the number of people that agree this is something worth funding. We've said in many shows, this isn't about needy people. It's about people worth investing in. Hmm. And it's not worth investing in them f- just for their sake. It's for all of our sake. It's for the businesses and healthcare, and to lower our taxes. I mean, honest to goodness, how much money goes into healthcare for for our country? It's 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 billions and billions of dollars. So the better we do to make sure people stay healthy and are healthy and productive and thrive, quite frankly, we all save money. I mean, and I know that this isn't an issue that's just about money, but it's an important thing to remind the our listeners who I know are already advocates for us. I know they are. Right. Um, but to say this has 
a tremendous impact on everyone. Well, it does. And I think, what do you say? It's the, just in the healthcare, it's one sixth of the economy. That was the, that was a, maybe almost a year ago now. And I think it's getting closer to a fifth. Wow. So it, you know, again, it goes to the, the theme that you talk about a lot. Who wins when we win? Right. Who wins when food security is created and, you know, hunger comes off the table. So I think it's time for a little food for thought, Jerry. So uh, a guy I follow, Jay Weatherill, is a 16-year leader of the Labor Party movement in Australia. And he said this, I believe that investing in our children's development from the earliest age is the single most important contribution we can make to the health and well-being of our citizens. Their capacity and the future prosperity of our state depends on it. He kept his word. Investment into the most effective programming during his years of leadership yielded outstanding results in education, health, and behavior. One of the programs he prioritized during his leadership, essentially, is what you and I would call food first. He ensured through a variety of ways that children were food secure, and it is paying dividends now into the next generation of workers for South Australia. I hope and pray we have leadership that prioritizes children regardless of their circumstances, like the Children's Hospital of Michigan Foundation and their leader, Larry Burns, to help make children food secure and thereby give them the best chance at life they can have. Follow all of our shows at Food Secure Michigan. Follow me, Dr. Phil14, on Twitter. And until next week, remember, it's food first, folks. Food first. Food for Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.